Welcome to the Invisible India podcast. I'm Jessica Kumar. In 2006, I first came to India for work and basically never looked back. My journey took me through learning Hindi, living in multiple parts of India, and after a few years, I met The Invisible India podcast isn't just a place where I share about being married to an Indian, being a foreigner in India, the language learning process, and cross-cultural parenting. But it is a platform to highlight the lesser-known aspects of Indian culture by featuring stereotype-breaking Indians making waves in society. So let's go. Headphone lagake suniye hamare saath. Sabko namaste, main Jessica hoon. Welcome to the Invisible India podcast. This is part two of Thriving in India as a Foreigner. Part one was all about the practicalities living life in India about being a foreigner who can go past surviving to thriving, really living life well and loving life in India. Today is part two. It is all about the relationships, about people, about dealing with building your life with Indian people. I've lived on and off in India for 16 years. I have Hindi. I have two children. I have two children. I've had lots of experiences here and I wanted to share some of those things. Part one, again, was about practicalities of the day-to-day life. So please go ahead and check that out. Today, we're going to dive in a little bit about how you can be more self-reliant building your life around the people of India. Tip number one, just like every other episode, I'm always putting in something about learning the local language. And even though I'm very much in love with Hindi, there are many languages of India. There are 18 official languages, and some have said even thousands and thousands of different dialects of those various languages. To learn Hindi, I do have recommendations on my website. Of course, I talk about the Ultimate Hindi Learners Resource Guide, which is a free 21-page document that recommends vetted teachers, courses, resources, which I can personally vouch for. It's a free download. It's on invisibleindiapodcast.com. It's on my homepage, or you can see the show notes for the link. Now, of course, I do also have the online Hindi hacks class, which is for beginners getting into Hindi. You can find that on learnhindianywhere.com. Again, I'm also going to put the link in the show notes. And I do have a new course coming out very soon. It's in editing now. By the end of September, it will be out to the world. Make sure that you sign up for my newsletter to get special deals on that, invisibleindiapodcast.com. You can sign up for my newsletter. So, okay, enough of that plug. One of the reasons I'm so passionate about this free download that I have is because this is really promoting native speakers. However you go about learning a language, if you do it without native speakers, you are never going to become fluent. The reason for that is that there's so much nuance, there's so much behind the scenes that you will never learn from a book. You have to work with a native speaker or practice with native speakers to learn. This guide that I've created, it includes the contact information of native speaking sources. So one thing that I say with my course, my course is made to go along with speaking and practicing with native speakers in your life. So that is the whole course is designed for that. And you'll really get the most out of journey towards fluency with one of my courses and doing some kind of a class with a native speaker. And my course will help you more effectively use 
that time with your native speaker tutor or a friend who's working with you. So, okay, besides Hindi, there are, there are many languages of India. How do you know what the language is of the place you're going to be living? Um, there are sometimes a primary and a secondary language of where you are going to be. Finding out from local people there, like you might assume that it's going to be Hindi, but actually it might be like, you know, you would assume that, you know, oh, in Mumbai is uh, Hindi speaking because of Bollywood. Well, actually in Maharashtra, uh, Marathi is the main language that Maharashtrian people speak, and that's where um, Mumbai is. So just knowing that, okay, all right, I can get by with Hindi, but actually a lot of people also speak another language in their home, or just those kind of nuances that you got to find out. Um, you might be going to South India, and don't ever make the mistake that in South India you can get by with Hindi, <laughs> because they have their own languages. There's Tamil, there's Malayalam, there's Kannada, there's Telugu. There are several other languages in South India that people speak and they people don't speak Hindi in those states. So you have to kind of uh, do your research ahead of time. And uh, I do have lots of recommendations for how to learn other Indian languages. Go ahead on, again, on my site, I have on my offers page, I have a number of wonderful businesses who I recommend that I've listed there and which offer discounts to you as well for how to learn. All right, so enough on language learning for now. Number two, if you are going to be in India for more than three to six months, I highly recommend that you find yourself a house helper. I, I like to use the word house helper rather than maid. There are other terms. People just say, this is my servant, this is my maid. In the local languages, in Hindi, I know particularly in Bihar, we use the word dai. Or uh, some people say aya. It just depends on where you are and how, uh, what the term that people use. But um, I really recommend finding someone to help you with daily ta- tasks around your house. Do not try and do everything yourself, especially if you're trying to work, if you're trying to live a productive, normal life. Don't even try. <laughs> I mean, doing things yourself. Um, if, if you're from a Western country, that's just the way we do things. And you might have a resistance to wanting to hire someone to clean, to dust, to drive you places, to cook. And I would highly suggest that you at least try it out. I think one of the major th- is like feeling like you're exploiting the person or that you are, um, at least for me as an American, uh, you watch movies like The Help and all this thing, and you just feel like what kind of terrible people have servants in their house. Um, but let me tell you that it is actually supporting the informal economy and the informal labor markets. I did two episodes, episode 57 and 58, with author Tripti Lahiri and her book Made in India, M-A-I-D, in India. We talk a lot about the informal labor markets and the different um, aspects of household help in India and how that works. So this is not an evil thing. Hiring someone to help you, you're actually, if you, especially if you treat them well and fairly, you're actually supporting a whole, uh, you know, sub economy in India of people that may not have uh, employable skills in other places. Now I do have a whole bunch of tips of how to work with house help. I could do a whole episode on my experience, but let me tell you, this is actually one of the most difficult things for me in India is managing house help. 
uh, it's really tough to find someone and a lot of time that, that's reliable and a lot of times the gap between your life and his or her life is so much, it can be hard to understand his or her problems and it's hard for them to understand why the Wi-Fi going out in your house is a big problem for you. <laughs> Again, you know, treating them fairly, tr- treating them fairly, treating them well, um, but not letting them get away with taking off too many wit days, asking for constant advances, bringing relatives or babies to your house, <laughs> unless it was decided before. You know, there's just fine lines of these things. I find that sometimes I struggle with how I see local people treating their house helpers. Um, but I also struggle now. I've been here long enough that I, when I see other foreigners that are new, it's like you hire someone and then they become your, you think they're your best friend or something. It's like people are getting away with all kinds of stuff and it's just really, your life is more hard having a house helper rather than <laughs> having someone that actually helps you. So there are definite ways to do it well. And that takes a lot of um it takes a lot of local knowledge. It takes some language skills. It takes some finesse. And it takes just a lot of learning to be able to do that. But I definitely recommend hiring someone. And um, it, it's a wonderful thing to kind of have division of labor, have someone that can help you in your home. You can focus on other things. You can focus on, like I hinted before, language learning, wink, wink, or um, other aspects of life that are going to help you to do the job that you came to India to do. Plus, it's really good to have someone in your home every day to help you practice your language skills. You have a captive audience. You have someone that is going to sit there and listen to you um, struggle through when you're first speaking because you have to get through uh, and communicate why you need uh, uh, only five rotis instead of 20 rotis in your house today or how why you are how you're allergic to nuts or even things you have to learn how to say these things and a house helper is a wonderful place to practice those language skills number three making local friends it kind of goes without saying that having friends in any country is one thing that really makes life richer and uh, can definitely help you to thrive in that country how do you make friends in India? Some people I know who've had a really hard time with this. And then sometimes uh, people find it to be super easy, even easier than their own country. One way that I suggest is that things that you love to do already, have thing, ways you have hobbies, uh, find those things. Maybe you join a cricket club. Maybe you join a gym or a walking group. Or maybe you want to learn Indian classical singing or some kind of local art. You lo- maybe you love Bollywood movies. That's fine. Find things in the culture which you like and can relate to. One thing that I love about living in India is that sometimes friendships become automatic. People who are your neighbors, people that you see on a regular basis, they kind of, you know, there's this natural thing of like that you kind of become friends. In the West, it is not like that. Whenever I go to the gym in the West, it's like, I never talk to anyone. I never acknowledge anyone's presence. <laughs> it's like, I, you know, I don't even know you exist and you don't know I exist. But when I go to the gym in India, it's almost like a community. You know, we have our WhatsApp group that we're all get added to. We talk to each other. We ask, you know, we say hi to each other. We keep each other accountable in a sense. So there, it depends, of course, if you're in a large city, it won't be as much like that. But you know, it, it's possible to make friends in, in um, once you get out there and do things that you love. Living in community is really important. Don't live isolated. Your community is your strength. Number four, this is my least favorite one to talk about, but we have to talk about it. If you're a woman or presenting as a woman, there are certain things which I think just need to be avoided uh, from a safety point of view. 
okay, you're not going to like this. I myself don't like this, but we just have, we just have to get through it. So things that I've noticed, just my quick and dirty tips, traveling alone on overnight trains. It just kind of invites a lot of problems. People think they can get away with stuff on overnight trains. And whereas if you're in a flight or whatever, you typically won't have issues. But I don't know what it is about, you know, sleeping on a train. You're a little bit vulnerable. All your stuff is there. You know, it's just kind of crowded. You're sleeping in a crowded area as a woman alone. It's just not ideal. Um, Have I done it? Yes. Do I regret doing it? Yes. (laughs) I want to say too that, you know, I, I, okay, another one, Um, trekking or hiking alone same thing. You know, you're kind of sleeping out in a place where you're kind of exposed to the elements. Anyone from anywhere can just come up and do anything they want, take your stuff, harass you, whatever it may be. It's good, better to go in a group, particularly a large group of trusted friends with mixed gender friends that you can have males, females that are out, males and females, which are with you in a large group. That's much safer. Third one, which is my least favorite, is walking alone at night. I love, I, in the US, I walk all the time by myself. I go out by myself super late at night all the time. I go for walks in my neighborhood. I go for a run. It doesn't really matter. But in India, it just, it the perception is a little different. Women who are walking around by herself at night, it communicates something else and it could invite trouble. It's stupid. I know. It's, um, but it is just how it is. And as much as you and I hate that, uh, it's just how it is, and we we can't change the entire culture and their perceptions. This really depends on the city you are. Like in Bihar, I would definitely never go out um, late. Even if I was in my own car, sometimes I would just try to be back by 9. Um, walking, definitely not. I would never walk by myself um, past dark. But in larger cities, you can probably stretch it a little bit. And of course, the last one, if you're going out drinking uh, by yourself, just be extremely, extremely careful. Or even if you're with your friends, you know, people could slip anything in your drink. People assume that if you're at a bar or out drinking, you're that you're like easy. People just have different perceptions in India. And so I would just be really mindful and really careful about that overall. Now, I do want to say that uh, I did an entire episode, episode 15, with Shefa Sikdar, who's a women's rights expert who works with a large nonprofit organization in South Asia. And we talk about safety for women and the different perceptions of what safety really looks like and how actually India is not as unsafe or less safe than any other place. It just is like really thinking through what the different rules are of the society and how do you follow those or what's your understanding of those. All right, let's move on. This number five probably has um, a whole uh, episode that could be done on it. But let's talk about what you need to do is acknowledging what stereotypes people may have about you as a foreigner. If you're in a rural area, people are going to have a lot of stereotypes. If you are in an urban area, even educated Indian people may have stereotypes about you that you might be surprised about. This is the trickiest one, but I also think it's really important. So I'm going to go through some of the stereotypes which I have observed and heard about from different friends that I have who are from these cultures as foreigners, things that we've heard and ways that we've been uh, different things that have come out that I've noticed people think about us. Okay. Number one, since I'm white, I can talk about this one. If you're white or white presenting, people basically assume 
that you are a colonizer or that you're like British. People assume that you have a lot of money. People assume that you're educated. And people can also assume, given Hollywood movies, that you have terrible morals, that you're not family-oriented, that you are not committed to marriage, all these things which Indians highly, highly value. So those are some things that you may or may not be able to change, but just know that that's there and that people also have this love-hate relationship with white people. I did a whole episode on whiteness in India and um, episode nine, it's called Being White in India. It talks about some of the power dynamics and what you need to know if you're a white person or white presenting, what you need to know before you go to India. If you are uh, of Asian descent, East Asian descent, people will a lot of times assume that you have a similar culture. You probably have the easiest time of any other foreigner. People might even think that you're from Northeast India where people have more East Asian features. Uh, they may or they will probably know about a little bit about your country just because of proximity. But you may also have to educate people about your language, your culture, different things like that. If you are African or African-American, I have noticed that a lot of people who are black have a tough time in India, especially if you're in a smaller area. People sometimes can have very negative stereotypes. They might assume that you are not as well off. People have terrible stereotypes about Africa in general. Of course, anyone that's educated or well-traveled would not have those stereotypes but sometimes would see too many Hollywood movies and they're like realize, thinking about crime and thinking about poverty in America and gangster, all this kind of foolishness. People may have negative stereotypes about you if you are black, African-American, African, or presenting as having African features. One of the biggest challenges that I have heard from my friends who are black is that people love to obsess about your hair. I've talked about this in other episodes, but some of my friends, one of my friends in particular, had a lot of issues with people without her consent coming up and touching her hair. People have a fascination with textured hair. A lot of times they've never seen it before. Sometimes people will just come up and start grabbing, pulling your hair. <laughs> That's That was a real issue for one of my friends. I, I've heard this over and over. I did do an episode with Nikita Gupta, two episodes actually, last year. You can go ahead and check those out. It's, uh, I think, something like multicultural, African-American, Indian family, something along those lines. You can look it up. I'll put the link in the show notes. And she talks about her experience being married to an Indian man as an African-American and her experiences of being black in India. If you are Latino, I have to say that a lot of people in India might not know much about your country, your language, or any of your foods. So don't be surprised if people have no idea where you're from. If you say, okay, I'm from Guatemala, people won't know where that is most likely. If you say it's South America, people will only hear the word America and they will think that you're from the United States. So you may have some explaining to do. You may have some educating to do. A lot of people know that there's a language called Spanish. Of course, again, urban educated people will know a lot more. They will know where your country is and all this. A lot of places in India, people don't know about Latin American countries, South American countries. People know about Brazil, but they think, you know, people speak Spanish in Brazil. They don't know as much. The majority of people in India do not know as much about Latin America, South America, whatnot. So you may have some explaining to do, and I would just uh, take, it, take it from there. 
I do want to close in saying that there's a lot of uh, grace that can be given as much as you have to learn about India. People can also learn about you and your culture and try to be patient and gracious with people. However, I do want to say that living in India requires a toughness, knowing how to stand up for yourself, knowing how to stand up for yourself, knowing how to put a stop to things if you don't like the way things are going, and the ability to say no to people. Um, It's hard to know when to say no and when to go along with things, but these are the things that you learn as you go along the way. So I hope that this has helped. I hope that these tips and tricks have helped you to want to come to India and explore. I do have more on these topics. Episode 18 is surviving the most common inconveniences in India. It's a little bit more about the practical and nitty gritty. And also you can hear episode 50, my top five most raw experiences in India. Those are some intense stories. But Jelly, I hope you have enjoyed hearing these concepts and about how to thrive in India relationally and practically. And I'm signing off till next time. (laughs) 